Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV camper, taxi, your parents' well-appointed rec room with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker, your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate in your cabin in the woods. Shay Invidiata is the founder of the nonprofit organization Free Them, and we're dedicating the entire program tonight to human trafficking, modern-day slavery. Now, before we get back to Shay, a quick programming note. Coming up in two weeks on the program, two weeks, another vitally important issue, the robot and AI revolution. Dennis Combites is a robotics educator. He'll be here to talk about the almost unimaginable disruption that robotics and artificial intelligence is going to bring to the world economy and the workforce. Just here in North America, tens of millions of workers, tens of millions of workers will be displaced within the decade. And we are, as you'll discover, woefully unprepared. So if your children are not taking some kind of coding or robotics course, you'll want to listen in. And that's in two weeks. Uh, Shay, let's take a few moments and talk about your organization, Free Them. So what specifically do you do in this field of human trafficking? Free Them, as you've mentioned, we're a nonprofit organization. We are 100% volunteer run, and we focus on preventative measures to fight human trafficking. And so for us, we focus on all things around legislative advocacy work, community events, different campaigns online or in person, different speaking engagements. Uh, You know, as mentioned earlier, you know, I've spoken in many of the high schools, university groups, faith groups, corporate groups. And so we really are on that, that focusing of the awareness component and the education side, which truly is the prevention piece. And then we partner with different organizations that are uh, taking in victims for aftercare services once victims are rescue, and we help to fund a handful of those operations. If you had a a wish list to combat human trafficking and you had the ear, and I'm sure you do, of the the prime minister or the minister of justice, what would your wish list be in order to vastly improve the current strategy to combat human trafficking in Canada? Well, (laughs) to be very blunt, the Trudeau government has not been supportive on the issue of human trafficking. So I would first say to him that he should not try to dismantle the legislation that Freedom, many other agencies and MPs have put in place over the past 10 years in our country. And I would ask the Prime Minister to consider his children in this issue and to not want to legalize prostitution. So he has a very different position than uh, Freedom does and the work that we do. And as a result of that as well, the national strategy is being, I'll call it being restructured at this point. And we do not know what that outcome is going to be yet. So I would be saying to all representatives, because this is not a 
liberal, conservative issue. This is a human issue. And if you are a member of the House of Commons, it is your responsibility to uphold freedom, to uphold justice, to uphold human rights. And this is not a party issue, as I said. This is a human issue. And so I would want to see a effective national strategy that is actually being implemented um, that gets strengthened year over year by having a lot more roundtables prior to the Trudeau government coming in. We used to have a consistent amount of federal roundtable discussions that would happen and take place across the country. And they have happened, but they're not as frequent. And uh, like I mentioned, the national strategy right now, to put it in like civilian terms, is basically has been put on hold and is being restructured. And we do not know what that outcome is going to look like. And again, in a country like Canada, that should just never be the case. One of the other things that we've been working on for a good eight years and is more at the provincial level is through the Minister of Education and that the issue of human trafficking, it's paramount that it should be taught in schools. You know, we've we've spent enough time um, already this evening discussing how human trafficking is happening in the schools. And the reality is, is that it's not being it's not being taught through curriculum, and it needs to be. Um, you know, regardless of what your position was with Kathleen um, Wynne, who is the premier, former premier for the province of Ontario, um, she restructured the sexual um, ed curriculum and introducing things like gender choice in grade one. And when those type of conversations start happening at grade one, I'm I'm like the human trafficking issue needs to be there as well, um, regardless of what your opinion is. But we can't uh, admit such a serious topic um, that is happening to our young children in Canada. um, And freedom can't be everywhere. There's other organizations that do great work in Canada that are going into schools. They can't be everywhere. The teachers who see their kids day in and day out need to know the signs. No different than they are trained to detect child abuse. And they have a duty by law to report if they suspect that there is a child that is being abused in their classroom. And teachers also need to know those signs of a victim of human trafficking. And... I say all the time, if your child has access to a phone or a tablet, your child could at any point be lured and and start getting groomed to become a victim of human trafficking. It's happening through all of the apps on Tinder, on Snapchat, on TikTok, on Facebook, on Instagram. And so it's, again, it goes for circle that children need to be educated on this. And I mean, I I don't think this needs to be part of the sex ed course. This is this is not about sex. This is about personal security. A hundred percent. So, yeah, it it has nothing to do with with sex. And, you know, the idea as a quick aside of teaching, you know, children about gender choices in grade one to me is absolutely uh, appalling. However, um, let me ask you about other forms of human trafficking still within the realm of 
uh, you know, coercion and and forcing young girls uh, to do horrible things. And it's not just prostitution, right? There are there are uh, um, dancers in strip clubs that have also been coerced into doing that. To, To what extent is that also something you're dealing with? Well, that still falls under the same category. Um, you know, I I don't know any victim who was just dancing and being forced to dance. Um, it's it's kind of like a gateway, kind of similar to how you know marijuana can be considered a gateway drug to other things. Um, Interesting. Stripping is is the same thing. Um, okay. You know, so you might start there, but that's definitely not the only thing you're going to be doing. There's uh, so much pay to rape that happens in strip clubs. Um, And so it falls underneath the same banner. Now, I know when the the National Action Plan was being put together that the, um, I'm going to use this term loosely, the adult entertainment industry Mm-hmm. Raised a hue and a cry because one of the one of the things that that uh, the national action plan tried to do, and and I think this was passed into law. You'll correct me. Was that they wanted to prevent foreign workers from coming in and working in strip clubs, uh, and the the industry again in quotes uh, complained because they said that that would create a labor shortage. What is the status there, and and uh, what are your thoughts on on the restriction of foreign workers in strip clubs? Um, You know, again, so Toronto specifically, um, we have a, what's called like a non-re-zone, which means however many strip clubs there are now, which I've not looked it up as of late, but a few years back, there was only about 10 or 13 of them. And that means that that is the most that we will ever be able to have because we have a non-rezone. So if a strip club gets burnt down, if the owners decide to shut it down or go bankrupt or for whatever reason it closes, it will never be able to reopen again. And so the argument of having this, this shortage really didn't, doesn't make sense when you look at the scale of um, those establishments specifically. Um, And again, we look at, you know, people who are coming in who don't know the rights that maybe somebody like yourself or or me would know in growing up in a first world country and talking about fair wages and the amount of hours that we are by law, you know, being able to protect ourselves of how much we can work in a day. Um, When you start following those who is getting these visas and where they end up, there's exploitation at the end of so many of them. And so, um, you know, that was a real concern. Um, but then, you know, like I said, when you're looking at who, who is saying that there's going to be this great shortage, um, it's, it's those establishments weren't able to grow and multiply, if you will. Um, so the argument just, really didn't hold up for for me in my opinion no i i uh, and i hope i wasn't making it sound like i was uh trying to justify that argument i guess what i was trying to find out uh, in in my awkward roundabout way was so are the are they hiring um young women who are who are being 
coerced. And if if that can be demonstrated, why are these clubs not being shut down? Oh, um, yeah, I mean, I, again, like the they'll say that they came in on, you know, those visas and the amount of investigation that would need to take place. The police are majorly underfunded. Um, you know, you would, you would have to have these regular, I guess, like checkups, you know, to be able to find out, um, if they are actually only dancing, um, and not being exploited. Um, but it's just inevitable, you know, you sign up for, for dancing and you're coming in on a visa like that. It just doesn't take long. It, It doesn't remain that way. Is freedom also involved in the type of human trafficking that involves other industries like agriculture or domestic, let's call it domestic servitude? Indirectly, yes. You know, we were a part of the Opapa case that happened that was still the largest human trafficking case to go before a Canadian court. And that was predominantly all men for forced labor out in the Hamilton Stony Creek kind of Niagara region. But we specifically with what we deal with and the victims that free them helps to fund like the aftercare process for is is sexual exploitation. We've been talking about individuals who coerce and exploit. We did touch on Backpage, which is a little more sophisticated, obviously. But to what extent is this problem perhaps far more organized and orchestrated and aided and abetted in the highest levels of power than we might be aware of. You know, rather than focusing on the individual pimps, of course, who are just complete human excrement, but I get the sense that this is a much more organized problem and that they may be aided and abetted from people in very high places. Yeah, I mean, Epstein is definitely not the first. He's absolutely not the last. You know, you look at uh, Weinstein, you know, before the Epstein case really became more mainstream, if you will, um, as it did. You look at Peter Nygaard, who is really going to be one of the next, I would say, Weinsteins or Epsteins to be exposed. So when you look at those three people alone who have extreme wealth, and the people who they are connected to and the friends that they are connected to, everybody knew what Epstein was doing. We didn't know. You and me didn't know to the extent of it. But you have senators that have come on national television to state that they all knew what he was up to and what he was doing, and many of them partook in it. And, you know, we're seeing the flight logs and... Now with all of the the papers from Maxwell that were subpoenaed by court order to be released, I think heading into the next month or so, we are going to see some major, major arrests of people that a lot of people, I think, have respect for right now, very powerful people, even as far to say that people that we admire or have for long periods of time. And so these are the type of what we would call rings where, as you're saying, they are highly sophisticated and they're at a very different level than the street-level gangs. Right. For example, we mentioned Epstein. We can come back to that. But, you know, the other example is the BBC presenter, Jimmy Savile, who was an absolute monster, destroyed I don't know how many lives 
and was allowed to operate. Again, many people knew. He seemed to be protected, uh, even perhaps by the network where he worked, by certain individuals. We see this play out again and again mm-hmm. in the United States, for example, NBC and CBS, and they, they knew things and the stories were killed. Savile even perhaps protected by members of parliament. Mm-hmm. I know this is maybe speculative, but and we don't obviously need to name names or organizations, but do you sense that there is that level of protection in Canada at the highest levels, in parliament, at television networks? Yes, I do. I think that the corruption is very strong, is very deep. Yes, I do. Right. You know, it, so, it begs the question why somebody is able to still be free. It begs the question as to who who else is involved and what type of blackmail do they have on that person, um, you know, to have charges literally dropped and disappeared or having stories buried or having um, the media so controlled um, as hopefully people know this by now. Um, I still find there's a lot of people that are not awake that we are programmed to only see what they want us to see. Um, You know, you've got five companies that run and own over 90% of the media in the United States. You know, like that's definitely not democracy. We are being told what to believe. And so when you have people like this in positions of power where, you know, you barely, barely hear about it in the media and it gets buried or it gets quickly debunked and it gets dismissed, um, you know, you have to raise an eyebrow to saying like, who's, Who's allowing that to happen? Who's capable of having that happen? Um, you know, I'll, I'll just even bring up one example more recently that we can all relate to is what's been dubbed as the Wayfair scandal. Um, you know, I'm not going to say one way or the other um, if if the Wayfair selling children or missing people on their site is legitimate if it's happening. But the reality is, is it basically was a, a trending topic for like two days. And then all of right. a sudden, like it was completely radio silent. I want to pick up on Wayfair when we come back. Uh, excuse the interruption, Shay. We are uh, heading into a break, but uh, that's, yep. a, that's a good example. It may be a case where the, the actual story was wrong, but the narrative is right. Uh, if it wasn't Wayfair, it's somewhere, someplace else. And not to n- not to suggest that the people who work at Wayfair were involved, but sometimes these companies are used by third parties. Uh, and again, apparently the story was debunked. That may be why it was dropped. But again, it may not be Wayfair. But you mentioned, you know, companies like Craigslist are used by third parties. Uh, and, and, um, so again, the story might be wrong, but the narrative is right. So that doesn't mean we should just drop it. We need to, uh, we need to delve further, but there doesn't seem to be, uh, an ounce of intellectual curiosity in the mainstream media these days. And that's most distressing. All right. Back with more of my conversation with Shay Invidiata, human trafficking, more to come. (laughs) 
Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. When I talk about spiritual warfare on this program, this is what I'm talking about. Yes, we are dealing with flesh and bone here. We are talking about the exploitation of people. But what could possibly motivate someone to engage in this kind of activity? What could possibly motivate someone to turn a blind eye or to cover it up or to run cover for someone or to simply dismiss it as in uh, the Wayfair case, the furniture manufacturer. And if, you, if you're not familiar with the story, often these are, I'm going to call them citizen journalists who, who first bring our attention to these things. And then the media, the mainstream media says, oh, that's silly. That, that didn't happen. Uh, it's like the Pizzagate uh, story. Perhaps, you know, this particular restaurant was not involved in a child sex ring. And so now every time something like this comes up, the mainstream media says, oh, that's another Pizzagate. No, it's going on. We may not have the right address, but it's happening. And so what 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 possesses or, or what is causing this to me is is spiritual warfare. This this is evil exists. This is evil. Shay Invidiata is with us. Free them. So the Wayfair case, uh, some citizen journalist noticed that I think it was on Reddit that uh, Wayfair was advertising certain products at exorbitant prices. So let's say it was an area rug that might cost normally $150. It was being advertised for $15,000. And some of these products were being given names, and they included screenshots from Wayfair. Uh, Some of these products were given names that coincidentally were the names of recently uh, missing children. That's that's the story in a nutshell. So then the question was, is Wayfair involved in child sex trafficking? Well, I mean, the, the idea here is that, you, you know, you're not going to pay Wayfair fifteen thousand dollars and they're not going to send you a child in a box. If you if you've ever ordered from Wayfair, these are sort of flat stacked. You have to assemble them like Ikea. They're not smuggling children in boxes. Uh, but it is possible that Wayfair is dealing with third parties and these Third parties are using Wayfair as cover. So you pay Wayfair for $15,000. They send you the carpet. But then there is this side deal that's going on, this horrible, uh, uh, hellacious transaction that's taking place where you actually do receive services from an underage child. Uh, that's, my, that's my understanding of that Wayfair situation. Do I have that more or less correct, Shay? You do. I thought it was a really good explanation. <laughs> okay. So again, yeah. I, I believe that it's, I've, I've read that it was debunked. I don't know to, to what extent that it's been thoroughly debunked, but I, I, again, the mainstream media is very quick to dismiss these things. Uh, they and are, again, and I think that, that in it of itself begs the question because without a formal and thorough investigation, how can you in 48 hours, conclude that there is no illegal activity happening. So for me, the point is not even about Wayfair. It's how quickly and why so quickly the media said, oh, no, well, that's just that's not happening. It's quote unquote too far fetched or, you know, that's just ridiculous. And it's not ridiculous because people and children and women are sold online on 
multiple websites and platforms every single day. And the fact that the media debunked it so quickly has me personally more inclined to do more digging on Wayfair. Um, that, that for me alone does not make me feel good. Um, the response even from Wayfair, um, all of their communications have, have been pretty weak, in my opinion, um, in terms of what their response was. Um, so, you know, w- when you look at the kind of when we were asking me about the original question of, of this is a prime example of how deep the corruption runs up the chain. And for our conversation today, you know, I just want to be clear that my position with Wayfair is not to say that they are in fact selling children. Um, I think that it's probable, but there has not been a thorough, um, there has not been a thorough investigation, but what was shown um, and the information that was, that came to surface leads me to want to look further into it because there is a lot of very, there's a lot of red flags, Um, you know, but the point and the bigger point is who's shutting it down and, and why are they doing that? Um, And, and what do they have to gain from that? And so when we look at the the power structure um, and where that's coming from, for me, it always begs the question that they might, they have to be involved somehow. They have to be contributing to what we call this problem of exploitation of children specifically um, because they do not want this to be, to come out. They do not want this to be exposed. They do not want people like yourself and your audience listening tonight to become awake to the issue of human trafficking, but at, at the highest levels. It's one thing to keep it kind of, you know, no pun intended, on the street level. But once you start moving up into these higher positions, you really start rattling the chain. And this is what we're seeing happening right now, right? Like across social platforms, you have the you have the world and so many civilians that are waking up and are calling out the exploiters. And um, we just did a recent campaign that was on exactly that about exposing the exploiters. This is the time that it needs to happen. Um, and so, yeah, the corruption the corruption is all the way up, and I believe that's why things like this get very quickly debunked. Um, and dismissed and buried. I have, uh, I've interviewed, I've lost count of the number of uh, people who allegedly, I have to use that term, sure. uh, claim that they were victims of, of mind control. Yeah. And uh, people like Kathy O'Brien, for those familiar with the transformation of America, who, who claim that in addition to being Mind controlled, and that mind control. This this goes back to the uh, the Nazis. Uh, MK Ultra has its roots in Nazi Germany, who their evil scientists discovered that you could control someone's mind by fracturing their psyche, and that could be done. It could be induced by massive trauma, often involving sexual trauma. And uh, so there are so many of these cases out there, and I'm not saying that they're all legit. 
Some sound very credible to me as I've interviewed countless of them. But this idea, and they, they say again and again that there is at the highest levels an organized child sex ring where they are used uh, and abused by world leaders. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that ring true to you? It does. I mean, I feel like we almost need a full other hour to just talk about that. <laughs> um, you know, um, but yes, it does. I I do believe that um, it's happening amongst world leaders and people in position of power that many people would like to just throw the word conspiracy at it. I think conspiracy makes um, it more comfortable for a lot of people to sleep at night. And I think that um, it also gives you permission to essentially look the other way. And um, it's uncomfortable when you, when you realize that the people who are, who are running the world, so to speak, or when you start breaking it down, people that you've elected as leaders um, in government um, that are partaking in abusing children and exploiting them, um, it, it's sickening. Uh, it, it really, really is sickening. But I am a, a strong believer in, in exactly what, what, what you asked me. Um, I do believe that that is happening. That's, what you're saying is that that's a very powerful uh, statement that you're making because you are someone who has a great deal of credibility, obviously, you have a seat at the table. You are a stakeholder. You are consulted in these sorts of things. So for you to say that is very powerful. And let me just mention you, you conspiracy, the name of this program. I, I gave it this show that name because I'm here to take that word back. It's a legal term. Uh, and often it is used, obviously, in the pejorative to stifle discourse. Uh, but lest we forget, there are tens of thousands of criminal conspiracy charges laid in North America every year. It is a legal term. And so, and what we are talking about, the uh, coercion, abduction, exploitation, murder, in some cases, of, of the most vulnerable in our society, that doesn't happen without criminal conspiracy. Right. Yeah. Uh, before I forget, if is there a... Uh, a um, a human trafficking hotline in this country. I know that in the United States, I was reading, it's funded and they receive something like 150 calls a day, yeah. uh, which may not sound like a lot, but imagine you know the courage it, re- it, it would require for someone who is a victim to actually call that number. So what, yeah. if there is a number, please give that out. Um, there is, and at any point in time, if you go to our Freedom website, um, it is on the bottom of every single page on our website. But um, if you know somebody who is um, possibly in a position who needs help or you need help yourself, they can call our Canadian Human Trafficking Hotline. It's, a, it's nationwide and, of course, it's um, all confidential um, and it's also multilingual as well. And it operates 24-7, 365 days a year. A year. Um, and that number is one 800 1010 
one eight three three nine hundred ten ten, and uh, yeah. we'll be repeating that uh, throughout the rest of the hour. Shay, stay put. We'll uh, take a quick time out and come back and uh, talk further about human trafficking. Back with more in a moment. Don't be afraid of the dark. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett. Welcome back. Some of you are familiar with the movie The Manchurian Candidate. Uh, it, was, it was based on a novel by Richard Condon that was first published in 1959. And, um, of course, was turned into a, uh, a movie starring Frank Sinatra and Angela Lansbury and so forth about this uh, prominent U.S. political family whose the son is, is brainwashed into being a, an unwitting assassin for a communist conspiracy. The point I bring that up is Richard Condon, very famous quote. He said that if you know, imagine your worst nightmare as a scenario. And uh, he said, it, it's, it's probably true. And I think that's the case with uh, human trafficking. And when I say our worst nightmare, the idea that people that we respect, admire, even beloved individuals are likely involved. And that may be revealed very soon. Do you get that sense, Shay, that we are uh, that this is we're on the cusp, particularly with Jelaine Maxwell languishing in uh, in um, a holding cell in Brooklyn, if she's allowed to live and testify, that this could finally be blown wide open? Yes, and I I do believe we will see at least a certain amount um, that's going to come out from uh, from her uh, if they keep her alive. Um, I won't be surprised if she shows up in the headlines as uh, suicide, which in my opinion is a code word for being murdered. Um, We've seen that many times. I do not believe that Epstein took his own life. Um, And for people listening, you can go down your own rabbit hole of that and look up people um, who were on the brink of exposing people in high places for um, either sex trafficking, pedophilia, child exploitation, um, and things even much worse, and on the brink of that, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they committed suicide. So um, for me, that those dots don't work. They don't add up. And I think you're I suggesting think that, Chris, Chris Cornell, uh, maybe one of the names out there, that uh, a musician who was perhaps suicided because this was something that he was apparently looking into. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chris Cornell is a good one. Um, Isaac Cappy um, is another fantastic testimony. Um, there's extensive videos on his knowing he, he knew, he knew he was being um, hunted, if you will, that his days were numbered. Um, those would be two great spots two people to go to go look at um it's also rumored so, that anthony bourdain uh yep, kitchen confidential yep. was also involved as was his girlfriend yeah yeah anthony bourdain avici um you know justin beaver is another very interesting one as well um even though of course we know he's alive um but he's got very interesting testimony uh for his experiences um you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot of them, and I think over the next month, um, and hopefully sooner, there's really going to be kind of that airing out of dirty laundry, um, if you will. And 
I think a lot of people are going to be very, very shocked. Um, it's going to be hard to digest personally, like, but yes. it, it's, it's very, very deep. It's very evil. Um, and, um, they are going to do everything they can to keep this information, um, sealed and to not come out. So, um, which is why I'm surprised Maxwell is still alive right now. So if you see something, say something, 1-833-900-1010, 1-833-900-1010, the Canadian Human Trafficking Hotline. It's nationwide. It's confidential, of course. It's multilingual. It operates 24-7, 365 days a year to connect victims and survivors of forced prostitution and forced labor with social services and or law enforcement in communities across Canada. I know it's volunteer, but there are costs associated with with this. How do people contribute to free them? Um, yeah, they can um, they can contribute on our just through our website. Um, we have a PayPal um, that you can give through. You can also do an e-transfer that's just give at freedom.ca. Um, you can do it the old fashioned way and write a check as well. Um, you know, we still <laughs> accept those. Uh, so those are the three main avenues. All right. We are going to take a, a, a quick time out and uh, come back and take some calls. And uh, let me give those numbers out as well. 416-360-0740 in the greater Toronto area. 416-360-0740 and toll free from just about anywhere. And the uh, the signal of this uh, program reaches from Maine to Minnesota, south to the Carolinas, 1-866-740-4740. Toll free, 1-866-740-4740. Back with more. Stay with us. When you look at the sky, ever wonder if someone's looking back? This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. Let's go right to the phones. Kevin is in North Bay. Good evening, Kevin. Welcome. Hello there, Richard. And hello, Shade. Good evening to you. Hello. I wanted, I wanted to, to ask about what resources are there for boy victims of sex trafficking? Uh, I know from my research that 36% of children who are, who are sold into sex trafficking are boys. Yet, when I look for resources, uh, at least here in Ontario, for uh, male victims of sexual assault or male victims of child sex trafficking, there's little to none for ex- ex- exclusively for boys. Um, you know, being almost having become a victim myself when I was a teenager, you know, I finally found at least one resource that I could call, and that was only recently. So what is there out there for boys that are victims of this? Fantastic question. And um, I think you also raised a very good point that there are a lot more um, males that are victims uh, than most people would would realize. Um, and more and more there there are resources that are becoming available but they are still i agree they're still very um scarce um in toronto uh through like the toronto website uh with 311 underneath their human trafficking uh there is some information i would i would say that going to covenant house toronto on their site is probably one of the best resources um not only for information, but even to actually call in to be able to talk to somebody. Um, mm-hmm. If youth 
or, um, you know, males are needing support, they would be one of my first go-to. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for that, Kevin. Uh, the idea that young uh, boys are also being coerced into this or it would suggest because I'm, I'm guessing, you know, almost all of the, the, the perpetrators are male would suggest that there is a pedophilia a- aspect to this. Uh, and I just I find it disturbing that lately we are seeing even in, with some mainstream news outlets an attempt to normalize pedophilia. Mm-hmm. Have you been tracking that as well, Shay? Oh, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's, it's interesting. I think that, um, you know, we kind of say lately, but it really has been there for quite a few years without many of us realizing it. Um, you know, CNN has done, um, you know, I would say a lot of harm in that, in where they are, um, really questioning whether they're trying to normalize, like you said, um, around pedophiles, um, hiding behind uh, the gay movement and adopting the same slogan that love is love and that, you know, um, that this is an orientation. And at no point ever is a child able to consent to an adult, ever. It doesn't matter if it's gender on gender you know, a boy, girl, it does not matter. A child, period, full stop, is never able to consent. And that is not love on love. That is rape. It's molesting. It's abuse. And um, the media has. Uh, even if uh, people go to my, my Instagram, my personal one, which is just shame Vidiata, I have a highlight that I put there that ha- it's called Pedo. And um, I did a whole video on this this week about Instagram and also Facebook um, really not protecting our children. And it's interesting that in this time where um, they are censoring anybody that speaks out against COVID or the narrative around vaccines, um, you know, anything that, that people are speaking out against, that these accounts are getting shut down left, right, and center. Yet when you report a very obvious, not an ambiguous, a very obvious account that is a pedophile that is there to lure and groom children. If you report that account, Instagram has come back numerous times and they're on my highlight. You can go and see it that they won't remove the account because it does not violate their community standards, which so many people over this past week, especially after I posted this, were reporting them and sending me the photos that they got the same response. Um, so, you know, again, you have to question why. Why are these platforms, why is the media trying to normalize something that is so horrific that should just not be a conversation starter? We should not even have to have the conversation around if a child should be able to be raped and molested or taken advantage of by an adult. Period. Well, like, why are we having that post- conversation? <laughs> welcome to postmodernism uh, and moral ambiguity. Right. Uh, that's that's where we're at. Uh, I want to go to the uh, the YouTube live chat uh, for a question here. You betcha, a regular listener. Thank you. You betcha for all your support. He asks, "Is it wise to have a fully legalized sex industry so that?" It's a lot more easy to distinguish who is in it voluntarily 
and who is being trafficked. Interesting point. What do you think, Shay? So I'm going to say in theory, um, and and not just with the issue of prostitution, um, anytime that the government comes out with a theory on how to do something, it looks good on paper. Once it gets executed out, it never turns out the way that they say it is going to be. So when you look at the issue of of prostitution, I encourage um, people to go look at other countries where they took that approach, that they thought that if they were to legalize it, they'd be able to regulate it. They'd be able to, quote unquote, protect the girls. Um, you know, they would have these um, structures in place um, to do exactly like this person that just asked this question. And when you look at a place like Amsterdam, they have already successfully shut down one third of their red light district because in the theory was not necessarily a bad one, although I don't agree with it. It, it, but when it got played out, it did not work. What they saw was an increase in organized crime. They saw the um, the average age of girls dropping um, of who are who are um, entering into the trade. And again, they saw other girls being brought in from other countries um, who are being exploited. The moment, like when you have people who are willing right now to. Um, be in illegal crime. When you legalize that, they don't just become honest businessmen overnight, right? Like that doesn't just happen because you legalize something. So it just forces now this industry to go even deeper. Um, and it, it just does not work. Um, and so I look at countries, you know, um, and cities like Amsterdam's a good one. Australia is another one where you will see an influx and an increase of human trafficking, organized crime um, that that takes place from that legalization. I want to give out the number one more time uh, for human trafficking. And again, if you see something, say something. And uh, this is a 24-hour multilingual service. If you are a victim, uh, pick up the phone call. They will uh, they will put you in touch with the right people to get you out of uh your situation, 1-833-900-1010, 1-833-900-1010, and uh, the website, freethem.ca. Uh, Shay, uh, a great uh, honor speaking with you. I hope we can do this again. I know it's uh, it's keeping you up late, and you've got a, you've got a busy week, I'm, I'm sure, but uh, I'd love to have you back on again. Thank you. I would love to keep the conversation going as well, so I'm happy to come back anytime. All right. Shay Invidiata, founder of the nonprofit organization Free Them, and uh, dealing with this scourge, human trafficking, modern-day slavery happening right under our nose, and uh, what do we do about it? We, we, we turn a, a blind eye, by and large. Uh, all right. Uh, back next week, uh, working on Dr. Judy Mikovits. Uh, the mainstream media would, would, would call her a controversial virologist. Well, uh, when they say, ignore this person, this person's been discredited, that makes me want to speak to that person all the more. So that's what I'm going to try to do. And uh, again, in two weeks, we'll be discussing robotics and artificial intelligence. And uh, this is an important issue. Um, it's just not theoretical. The robot revolution is here. They're talking like something like 80 million workers in North America. 80 million workers will be displaced 
replaced by a robot. And uh, this is, if you if you think this won't affect you, think again. Even fashion designers, for example, will need to know about robotics. Uh, so get your children into coding and robotics. And um, the uh, one of the top robotics educators, Dennis Combites, will be here. Uh, to talk about that in two weeks. All right, my thanks to Ryan White for live stream producing, Carlos Gagina for technical production. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite, I'm coming home. Good night.